Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Trials of Imagination podcast, or TOI for short. This is episode three, I believe. So at this point, you should already know who we are. But in the case that you do not, my name is Matt, and with me is Miss SJ. Say hi to everyone, SJ. Hi, everyone. Hi, indeed. And we are some nerds from a D&D group that you have happened to subscribe to on Patreon or not, or you've done other things. You've seen us on Twitch or you've seen us on YouTube or wherever, like there's, you know, we're, we're on the internet places. We are on the internet. So where, wherever you found it, you ended up here. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. We're in a lot of places, Matt. Right. And no matter where you found it, you ended up here. You're here now, and we're going to have a good time talking about D&D and some nerd stuff. So yeah. we're And if you found us here first, go and find us on Twitch or YouTube and watch our campaign. Then <laughs> that would a lot of this will make a lot more sense. <laughs> that would be interesting. So if you somehow found us on Spotify before you heard about anything else, then go to twitch.tv slash 2bitlane, I suppose, would be the first place to go and... Uh, Get, get that set up so you can come to our D&D streams every Tuesday. And then yeah. from there, just follow the rabbit hole of all the different links that you can go down and just one by one follow everything. Yes. So today on this episode, we thought we'd go down a conversation about characters and character creations and kind of everything that goes into dealing with characters when it comes to to D&D all the way from those who have never played D&D and are interested in doing this up into people who have done this plenty of times and might just be interested in seeing how other people do it. Just, every, you know, kind of a little bit in between, a little bit of everything. But for a basic start off, so how many characters total have you created thus far in your D&D history? Hmm. I believe I've made four, four or five, because I can't remember if for the first D&D game I ever played, if my brother had just made one for me or if I had actually made one. I really mm -hmm. can't remember, but it was it's four or five. Four or five. Which is a very conservative number because I know it a lot of people. It is a very conservative number. <laughs> I, I mean, I've made other ones up in my head of like, ooh, I would like to play this type of character in a campaign at some point. But that that's as far as it goes. I haven't done those ones on paper or on D&D &D Beyond. There's just, there's many in my head. Right. Which we, we know plenty of people that have created a absurd number of, of characters depending on how long you've been playing D&D. But nonetheless, you know, four or five is still more than one. So you right, have yeah. a few characters you, you've created. Were any of them felt like the creation process was the same? Or in every last one of those, did it seem like you took a different approach? Or what, what was that okay. process well, like? I only honestly remember three of them. So I'm just going to go based off of the three that I remember. Um... And I would say each one has been different in how I go through my process of making them. Okay. How so? Well, the first one, it was suggested to me that I have a pretty broad 
background because my character was starting at level one and we so she was just starting off as an adventurer and we wanted her to kind of grow from there uh so she didn't have much experience in her background um and that of course is um azalea who was my first toi character uh so she had a very broad background not a lot of experience um and so and and i didn't really know much about what i should pick for her in terms of like if I should give her more strength or dexterity um, or more intelligence. So I kind of had in my head an idea of her personality and then just based those things off of the personality I wanted her to have. As, as opposed to like, uh, cause I know there's for I me, mean, for those that don't know, like a lot of times people are often doing multiple cam- campaigns at the same time. So I know at least off screen, you have another campaign you're working on that was not only a new character, but a character at the time of you creating it was actually technically speaking a non canon race to <laughs> yes. the licensing part of D&D, whatever that means, you know, like it, it, everything goes with D&D. So at any point you can create whatever the heck you want, to be honest. It's just one of those things that like. Technically speaking, to what is licensed by 5e and the Wizards of the Coast and all that, this this race was not something that had been right on on the books yet. But right. she she had a character there. So was was it did did using a new race like that have a heavy influence on some of the creation factors, or was it more yes. of okay? No, so. Yeah, so what he's talk- what Matt is talking about is that I created a fairy character and at the time they hadn't finished it or like they hadn't like fully announced the the books and the um and all that. But I had gone into D&D Beyond having an entirely different character in mind, but then I saw that they had fairy and I was like, "Ooh, I want to do that." And so then I uh, went to the, like, what do you call it? Like race um, chart or whatever. So I could learn about like what they say a fairy is and what kind of aspects I could have for her. Uh, So one of the thing with the fairy was that like she is like, you know, at tallest can be like five inches tall, but she can have in a sense a humanoid form but they are only about five feet tall. So for every inch is like one foot. So, so I had part of her characteristic, I guess, or her introduction was that when they met her, she didn't know she was a fairy because she was in her human form. So they just, most people assume she was like a child and she's like, uh, no, I'm ancient. So, uh, and then at some point she showed each of the players that she was a fairy and it was kind of funny. Uh, so yeah, so p- I had a whole different character in mind when I went to go make my character. But then when I saw they had fairy, I was like, Ooh, so I, I read a whole bunch of stuff on that and then made her. And then I picked for her, I picked a paladin because I hadn't really gotten, I hadn't done a paladin because the first one I was a bard who didn't bard and then Ayla is a monk and so I wanted to have someone who had a lot more strength behind her so I thought it would be fun 
That is a strange thought of a fairy paladin. <laughs> like, because by, by nature, a paladin is a very, like, tanky type of character. So it's just rather amusing that you intentionally picked this small, petite type of <laughs> yep. character, but then gave them the class that will most likely be the opposite of that. So, oh, it's going to be great. People are going to be like, oh, it's a tiny little fairy. And then she punches them and they fly across the room. It's, it, it's going to be great once those it, types of events actually happen. We haven't gotten very far in that campaign, sadly. But uh, hopefully by the time this podcast airs, we might have gotten farther than where we are. <laughs> yeah, you know, little by little. Yes. So with the character Ayla, which is the that's the our campaign, right? Yes. Our campaign that we're currently doing. She was, or she is, rather, an elf. Yes. So, based on what the knowledge that I have about the character, it seems like you kind of went the same route as you did with your fairy character, where the the race specifically had a little bit of influence as opposed to what the character's story would involve. Yeah, so, so Ayla, one, I wanted to be an elf, um, and then a lot of Ayla and her background actually has a lot to do with a book that I read. Um, and not a whole lot, just kind of similar um, influences, I should say, uh, from the book Between the Light and Dark by Shannon L. Colton. So, uh, so she is, even though she is, Ayla is full elf, she is actually half light elf half dark elf um or moon elf we don't call her dark in the story but i that's actually that's the secret the players the other players don't really know that yet (laughs) but (laughs) uh their characters don't know that anyways but um so that that's a big part of her backstory so um i don't know how much more i want to say because when this comes out if I don't know if that's going to be fleshed out, part of it probably will be. That's fine. So, we're, we're just we're just talking more about like the decisions of the yeah. creation factor and like e- influences even of yeah. like what where you got certain ideas from and like what caused you to go mm-hmm. that direction. So because it seems like there is a pattern at least with the characters that you've you've created thus far, by and large tie into the choices you've made to, to make them, whether it be a certain race or a certain class, you kind of yeah. take whatever those parameters are and then craft the story around that as opposed right. to making a story and it is, they happen to be this race and happen to be this class. Yeah. Well, for Azalea, honestly, I cannot remember why I picked a gnome. I think I must, I think I read through a lot of the characteristics of the different races and I just thought gnome will work. But I really have no concrete reason why or at least in my memory why I picked a gnome, but it it worked for her. And it was great because she was best friends with Mathiel who was like a 7-foot tall um what's it called celestial azamar celestial so she's like what was it four feet tall and then her best friend is like seven feet tall and she just kept giving him muffins and it was great (laughs) yeah that that is that is there's you some more tidbits from campaign one which is a mystery to a lot of people because there's 
really know where they can go back and watch it. But there, there was a lot of good information from, from, from back in those days that, yes. Um, maybe one day we'll find some sort of ways to have like rehashes of that, whether we like have a, an entire podcast episode dedicated to talking about campaign one or, or have some form of revisiting of it. Cause it like, I thought the story was pretty cool. All things yeah. to, I mean, it's a well-known it. story, but a lot of people play it out. So I just, I forget what that campaign is called. The minds of Fandelver. That's it. Minds of Fandelver. Not just that. I mean, like just the stories of all oh, our characters. All, all, yeah. All of our characters and the, you know, the journey that, they had from episode yeah. one to the the finale. It yeah. was it was it was fun. It was it was unique, and yeah. it was our first campaign. So you know, it was we 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 sucked. We did okay at other times. <laughs> what I you thought know. was funny, though, not funny but interesting. Maybe because I was less. Um, I hadn't done a whole lot of D anD D, but then again, you hadn't really done anything either at that point. <laughs> so, but everyone else's character in my mind had like some very sad aspect in their backstory whereas <laughs> Isalia just didn't like she kind of did but it wasn't even that bad because for Isalia like her sad thing was like she lived in a port town and then like a huge storm came through and totally wrecked the um pub or whatever tavern the tavern that she lived worked at because it was her uncle's tavern um and he decided he wasn't gonna rebuild he was just he was gonna go home and he encouraged her to like travel and so that was like her sad thing was and but it wasn't even that sad it was just oh we had a huge storm and we decided that we weren't gonna rebuild so i decided to go off an adventure (laughs) right but i i thought that was a good thing because that provided contrast because you don't want a sea of flares that are all exactly the same. Right. Whereas in this story of Curse of Strahd, our current campaign, everyone has something very tragic in their background. Correct. In in a generic sense, but the instances of the tragic things are all very different. Yeah. And the personalities of all your characters are also very different. So that's, you know, contrast is there, which is important. For, for me at least, yeah. Which, so, so for well, and it's nice. To- we have like some new people in the group as well, as well as you switched out with our previous uh, dungeon master. So just mm-hmm. having new people to play off of, and one of the fun things too is that uh, with Jay and it, Jay is my brother. So us being able to just play off each other like normal siblings do is really funny. Mm-hmm. Has come with uh, very wonderful scenes. Yeah, a lot of a lot of bickering, <laughs> lots of bickering. Yep, that zero sass involved, none whatsoever. He's lying, guys. There is so much sass, <laughs> so much. <laughs> I did she not was, mean for her to be sassy, though. My for word. So long. <laughs> she was in denial about this for a few episodes. It was like, okay, you've you've got to. <laughs> I did not I did this. not design Ayla to be sassy. Just everyone just seemed to not take her seriously and took it as sass. Can't imagine why. <laughs> it's probably the accent. 
That and then uh, Jay's character Millard is apparently a woman magnet. Well, I mean, he's he's been hit on what three times already? No, two twice. Uh, Was it just once? No, just the once, really. I mean, you could technically say the Vistani women did, but they did that to Ayla too. So it was like any kind of. I mean, of true, but it's still there. funny that that conversation that ensued was great. So yeah, but- I still count that as as one. So and then we had the the lovely lady outside. Well, my my point was to your question. It was not specific to Millard. Like that was. Kind of anybody that just happened to show up and talk to them, you know. Uh, <laughs> They're not picky. They're not picky no, at all. No. <laughs> They're like, you They're... have flesh. That is good. Pretty much. To be honest, <laughs> it's, it's kind of what it, like any all, you know, all six of you could have shown up and would have gotten the same reaction. Nice. So like that was not specific to Miller. The lady outside was inserted solely for. Millard, since he decided he was going to leave the tavern and was like, oh, okay, you're going to do that? Well, here you go. You you just had to be mean, didn't you? Well, he tried to escape. I mean, Ayla just wanted to talk. He didn't, I guess he didn't have to run away. No. I think he was getting out of Dodge before things hit the fan. Nothing hit the fan. Well, here, Ayla's going to talk. I need to get out of here before something explodes. (laughs) Nothing exploded either. Things, Everything things was Things could go fine. horribly wrong. No buildings were thrown. This time. Yet. Or yet. So, with with campaign one, so going back to, to, to that topic, so I was the, a player in that campaign, and much like SJ, that was kind of my first full campaign to not only participate in, but to do it all the way through and, and complete. So that was a whole new experience. It it came with creating this character for the first time to where I had done a one shot before this and tried to do a, a few one shots in between while doing that campaign so that I would get some more experience under my foot of how, under under my feet rather of how to interact in the D and D world, not only narratively, but how to, kind of navigate the whole combat system and it is you know as a new player it's a lot to take in which is i think why campaign one was as slow as it was in places for us especially earlier on because you know for the vast majority of us we that was all new so most of us were like we don't really know what to do True. Man, that Can I, that first instance when Jay was like, all right, who wants to introduce themselves? Yeah. <laughs> it was just like crickets. Yeah. Crickets. No one knew <laughs> what to do. crickets. <laughs> we had yeah. no idea what we were doing, especially in that first episode. But right. by the well, end, it, it was we did pretty well. It was just a mix. Of, you know, like everybody was new to it, so there was nervousness there and then we had these characters that we've created for the first time and had not really given given a whole lot of information to each other about that beforehand so there was true nervousness there of like making sure that yeah it's like crap uh I, this is like the first time my character is going to do anything i got to make sure to do this right what am i going to say what am i going to do 
And it's it really textbook overthinking, to be honest, because like I, I cannot emphasize enough to don't even bother <laughs> thinking about that type of stuff in D D. Like it's it's not a big deal. Like do what you're gonna do. If it doesn't work, just just keep keep doing what you wanted to do and don't look back. <laughs> like yeah. half the time people will not reference it back. I cannot tell you the amount of times SJ did an incorrect accent. At some points, do we worry about it? No. <laughs> yeah, especially last week's episode, I kept slipping into a Scottish accent, and I can't even do a Scottish accent on command, so I don't yeah. know how that happened. Though Azalea yeah, did not have a accent, yeah, she was just a little bit more peppy. But but at the end of the day, you're a person, so like, you're really, allowed, I you're, am. You're, you're allowed that, so like, don't. <laughs> Don't get so hard into the, you know, the role playing aspect of it that you just can't let go of like some, I mean, sometimes just you, somebody yeah. didn't land their character exactly how they wanted to give them right. that grace to basically hit the undo button and do something else moving forward. Right. Like gonna have Ayla is, is not sassy. You've done that enough for at this point. It's a little hard to, to undo that one. I mean, if you if you really tried to do it at this point, she's done it so much that I would call that more character development as opposed to rewriting as she's just moved past her her sassiness. But sure, sure. That that's what we'll say. She's moved past her sassiness. It really more one, just had to do with everyone thought she was being sassy. One thing like I tried to do. She just had a terrible accent. But one thing I did try to do with campaign one is because uh, other, uh, I was one of the, I think the the later to fully submit my story to our our DM, and I was kind of being inquisitive about what types of stories that we, we had to work with so far, and I think he said like most of them were basic and and fairly fairly short, and have a whole lot of details. Like, oh, okay, so. I was like, well, do I need to like supply the opposite so you have something to work with? And you know, he's like, well, you just do whatever you want to do. Like, if you want the short one, that's fine. If you want to do detail, that's fine. So, I elected to do the more detailed one with the intent of like, even if I don't use hardly any of this, at least I provide this for the DM that he has it to work with if he needs it. Yeah, that, that was really like the only idea behind it because like I fully went into that having no clue what was going to happen. So I tried early on to think to myself that you know there's a chance none of this works and I have to go a completely different direction because I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe I can't make that work. Maybe I have to try something else. But, but by and large, it, it it it's most of the intent of the character stayed. I mean, it evolved over time as I figured out what the heck I was doing to some extent that so sort of made some adjustments and improvements on the fly. But for the, for the most part, it, it seemed to stay, I think for how, what is intended design was. Um, did I think we've already answered this, but with your campaign one character, mm-hmm. were there any major adjustments that happened like along the way as you two, cause like for all of us, this was a learning experience. So like, as you got more comfortable and as you got more familiar, were there any like shifts that went on in your head of like, I'm going to 
kind of start doing this because I, I think it would work better? I don't think so. My character was the most... Um, What's the right word here? She was the most out there and talkative. She was the most extroverted character. So a lot of the time she was the one who just um, really pushed conversation. And so... Like, I recognized that from the beginning, and I think I might have talked to you or Jay about <laughs> it, and just, like, we realized that Azalea was going to be the one who was going to do a lot of the initiating for talking and stuff. So, mm -hmm. that just kind of stayed throughout. Um, Which, I mean, I, I was not expecting her to uh, make blueberry muffins all the time, <laughs> but that happened. So... That brings up an interesting question. So like you've, because at the time of doing that campaign, none of us really knew each other very well other right. than doing a one shot. Right. So that was and me us. and Jay, obviously. Right, right. Because <laughs> literal brother and sister, but everyone else was just having to kind of learn how to, to, to play this game with each other or how to interact yeah. with each other. But it's, it, I'm going to see, is it very amusing looking back on it now that you've, you know me a lot better now than what you did then. And thinking back on it to see that I played a character that was intentionally very much uh, non-vocal a lot of times <laughs> to where it was actually very withdrawn and did yes. not talk a lot. Yeah, it was like Azalea's mission to try and get him to say more than two sentences in a reply or at least more than one sentence in a reply. Um so, because for those of you who weren't here for um, our season one, uh, Matt played Mathiel, which was the celestial that Azalea deemed her best friend for the campaign. And um, near the beginning, she asked him uh, what one of his favorite things was. Was that exactly the question? What was your what's one of your favorite things or something that, that makes you happy? That wasn't in the beginning. I was close to the middle. Oh no, it wasn't. It was not near the middle. That was near the beginning. Mm. I don't mean like like one. Like once we got to town, I think we were in the tavern, and she asked, "What your what's something that made you happy?" Yeah, I think you're forgetting how slow our campaign was. Like we didn't get to the tavern for a while. <laughs> okay, fine. So I think of it in sections, like the yeah. the the travel, the cave, the travel, the tavern, and it was I, in the tavern, want, and then there is a whole lot more after that, in my opinion. So I want fine. to say that in the middle, like in the middle, she asked. I'm sorry. What did you say? I want to say that wasn't until like episode twenty or something. Like it was. It was a minute into it. Maybe. Yep. I would say more toward halfway than closer to the end, though. Right, but that's what I said. Okay. I don't know how many episodes we had. Just shy of 50. So it was like 40-something. Okay. okay, fine. We'll we'll say 20. We'll say around yeah. episode 20. Azalea asked Mathael, what is something that makes you happy? And all he said was, well, I was going to do it in the voice, but now I got scared. So why don't you say it? <laughs> muffins. <laughs> he just he said, said, well, he, he, said he had a very deep voice and uh, Matt here even like used a voice changer to make it very like deep and 
mm-hmm. haunting. So he just said muffins, and she was just like, well, "What kind of muffin?" Like she's like this hyper yep. gnome. Um, and so then she decided that she was going to make a muffin. So they were in the tavern and she, so she like paid the, the keep to allow her to go into the kitchen and make muffins. Mm-hmm. And then she broke into the mayor's house to make more muffins. And that was a weird moment of, uh, in, in the line of not only character creation, but like character piloting of like, you know, being in the pilot seat of a character during the moment of when to, stay hard in character and only do stuff that Maltheo would do or when to let some of Matt come through, which is going to be a little more of lighthearted and have like a funny moment whenever you yeah. can. So th- that was that, you know, like, cause like, it's like, oh, you can't be serious 24 seven. That's no fun. So <laughs> like, even though it was a serious character that I think that was one of the first times I started trying to find ways to implement humor into Maltheo because before that point, it was very like very serious and and stoic and would not yeah. talk a lot. And if he did, it was short and to the point and and offer a lot of humor. And then that kind of put all the weight on <laughs> SJ because a lot of the other characters didn't talk either. So that was basically nope. just Azalea just talking everyone's head off. I ran the I show. So yep. much talking. So at that point, it's like, well, I need to offer something so that it gives some form of contrast. So I started giving a little just dumb or silly moments like that every now and then. Yeah. Which we kind of played it off as like, as the party got to know each other a little better, maybe they just opened up a little more. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's gotta be humorous thinking about it now though. Cause you know that I am in fact the opposite of quiet you know, as far opposite as I could possibly be as a person. So I, I guess I never thought to ask at that moment if, because, you know, I don't know how many weeks it was before our first like uh, post stream conversation that we end up talking for like several hours of just talking and just getting to know each other. But, uh, it, but up until whenever those conversation started happening then i guess all you had to work off of was just whatever happened in the campaign which was not a lot i mean i think we had that very long conversation pretty early on like i think within the first couple of episodes if not the first episode we just hung out in discord Mm -hmm. afterward and talked because i mean Matt and I here share a lot of the same interests, specifically music. So, I mean, we were in the beginnings of a pandemic and you put two extroverts together um, after being cooped up. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of talking and then you give them people who have similar interests and it's just going to be even more talking. So. I, th- I think it was within at least the first couple of episodes that at some point I that we chatted for hours. I thought that was accurate, but I honestly can't remember at this point. It's okay. hard to say when exactly it was. So yeah. there really wasn't much of a crossover then. So you never presumed that my character was also more of my IRL personality. I didn't. Ex- I didn't think of that at all. I didn't think that your portrayal of him was 
a portrayal of your personality. I mean, I had watched your streams at, you know, a little bit that's before fair, that fair. and everything. Uh, so, that's yeah, fair. I, I was forgot not. About that. <laughs> but, I mean, like, it wasn't too long beforehand um, that we had... St- it wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of time between us playing the original um reformed gamers one shot and when we actually started the other one i don't think it was too long it was like maybe a month so we had at least been i had at least seen your streams from that point and chatted Mm. on line with you about you know when we were going to start the the campaign so right which it it brings up a interesting thing because um, with so like the one of the reasons that I, I, I created that character the way I did is because trying to be objective about the things that I knew that I was not going to be overly confident or tendered in was that so this is our first time playing D and D right so there's so many things that we're just not going to know how to do properly or. It, we're not going to be veteran in any of these concepts. So one of the long list of those things being how to make sure you make it aware during a campaign when you are talking as a player and when you are talking as a character. And sometimes given the choices that certain people make during their character creation, this can be a very thin line. Yeah. And I wanted to do something that would make that line so drastic that I wouldn't have to catch myself in a place where I accidentally messed something up because I did not make it aware when I said it in character versus in player. So that's where the drastic voice came into play. Very drastic. I mean, you used a voice changer to make it so drastically different. Right. And yeah, and that I, was the problem with my character was that there wasn't like almost any change because her personality was like tethered to my own personality. So, right. So and I know that I was a little bit more difficult in that, though I tried to like actually say, you know, oh, I have a question. Like, right. And, and for anyone listening, there there is zero things wrong with playing a character where your voice is the same thing as whatever your real life voices. That's not the point. The right. point is that it, you, you do need to be aware that that is a thing. So if you're going to choose your real voice, that's fine. Just know that if you're going to go that route, then you're going to have to be very conscious and open about when you are speaking as a player versus a character, because if you're using your real voice. Then there's no distinction other than when you make sure to make it known. Right. So like for, mouth ale it was so drastic that i didn't even have to tell them at all like i could have just spoke in his voice whenever i wanted to and at that point they knew he's saying that in character because like i said it was a drastic difference it was a very low voice and in hindsight it's probably too much of a ridiculous voice because it was it was very strenuous on my vocal cords and not the easiest thing in the world to hear you know, yeah, it was not the easiest thing to understand. Yeah, hindsight twenty twenty, but it was just that was that was what I ended up doing, and I just had I just stuck with it for better or for worse. And there were some episodes where I was like, I, my voice can't 
<laughs> do this today. I'm just going to attempt to talk. And and in those episodes, I tried to make it known whenever I was speaking in character or or not. But it's you know it's just it's it's an interesting thing that is a good detail to keep in mind when creating characters. And then this time around, Ayla uh, or SJ's character Ayla does have. A slight distinction at times, depending on which at voice her, depends on which voice your character is oh, talking true. in. Because when so she's talking for, in the non-accented voice, then it's just closer to your normal voice. Right. So for those of you who may not be caught up, spoiler alert. So Ayla, um, for the most part in this campaign, has spoken with a basically a Russian accent terrible russian accent but a russian accent that kind of goes towards scottish at some point but so (laughs) so she does that for a reason because she actually grew up with an accent but then because of certain circumstances she had to learn how to speak without an accent and then because of the rigorousness of her being told she could not have that type of accent basically and being taught to speak without the accent she lost the accent but then when she decided to go off and travel she wanted to be as incognito as she possibly could she just didn't want people to know who she was so she tried to pick up her old accent so that's why she speaks with the russian accent but then when she is with people she is comfortable with she drops the accent mm-hmm so but like you know comfortable in the fact that they know who she is because it's right. like well you already know who i am so i don't need to keep it a secret with this accent so so for, for you as a player when when using that as a character creation choice choice and making sure that this character is going to have an accent at times mm-hmm. oh, were was it an approach for you as as a player to know to utilize that to your advantage so that you could distinctly have a very good notion of when you're talking as a player versus as a character or was this kind of a happy uh beneficial outcome to making that choice or was it a a thought i guess is what i'm really asking um i think i one I just wanted her to have an accent. I thought it would be fun to just have a character with an accent. And also sure. that way it would make it separate. Though sometimes I'll, like this past weekend, I went to Ren Fair and there were so many people talking in different accents that I just automatically started talking in Ayla's accent. So I, I got stuck in her accent for the majority of the day yesterday. Um, and so sometimes that happens during campaign where it's like I had to really focus to stay out of accent um, nice. and talk as my normal self. Um, but I, th- it was more, so the, the aspect of her dropping her accent when she's with people who know who she is um, actually kind of came later um, while we were in the campaign. Basically someone made the comment that I was going to get tired of talking in an accent for all of this and as I thought about it I was like that may be true so in a sense I wanted to give my op- myself the option to lose the accent at some point if I wanted to so that uh-huh. that's why that's basically why she <laughs> has the times when she doesn't have an accent though right now she is 
because majority of her party doesn't know who she is yet or like really recognizes it um she still uses the accent but there has been a couple times where she has dropped it that brings up a very good point though so like for anyone that is looking for details or advice on character creation whether it's your first few characters to do or whether you you've been doing it for a long time and they're just looking for a different perspective i don't think you should ever create a character for a dnd one shot or a campaign with a th- with the thought going into it that you have to have a to z planned out and concrete for this character right i don't agreed I don't think that's wise. I don't think it works. I don't think it's just a good idea. Can it work? Sure. Maybe for a few people, but I think most you need to have some flexibility there because you really just don't know going into, you can only plan so much ahead. Right. I mean, you can plan it out and then as it goes, you can say this isn't working and find a way to change it. Um, but De- be accepted or not accepted be acceptable of the fact that things can change yeah you, you've got to be flexible I, I think um i know some people go a little more of a hard stance and like the integrity of their character from day one is very important and they don't want to lose that and i get that and I, I think to a certain extent there is truth in that but you've got to I don't know. I think if you're if you're participating in a campaign with a group of people, you have to understand going into it, you're not the only thing happening in that world, right? Like you are not the focus of that world. The other player is not the focus of that world. Like all of you are coming together to make this thing work. So you, ergo, you need to work together, not only literally, but allow some of the things that happen with your character creations to flex and morph to where it complements each other yeah. over time. And you, can, you can call it character development. Yeah, like you don't... And it's not like I'm talking drastic things of just doing a complete 180 on your character's backstory. I don't mean anything like that, but right. like for the type of people that try to, you know, make every single possible detail of their character right out the gate and are unwilling to flex on that down the road, that might create some issues at some point in time to where it's creating unnecessary roadblocks that are just very avoidable just by, you know, being willing to just change a few details here and there to make it. And you, you know, especially coming from the DM seat in this campaign, there's plenty of times where there's DM type of situations where I have made sure to adapt and flex, which granted, I think you have to in that seat a little more, but there's, there's some moments where I, I I had a certain plan or idea in mind and the characters brought up something that I that they brought up that was unique and it was a good idea and it drastically changes what was going to happen. I was like, you know what? That's I I, I don't want to fight that. Like I don't they that's what they're going to do. That's what they want to do. That's not what I was planning for this to do, but it's fine. Yeah. Well, there's that. We, so like in campaign one. There's this one night where Jay had like two different things ready because he's like, you're going to do one of these two things. But then we didn't. (laughs) We did something else completely. And so he had to just, you know, 
make up something on the fly to like continue on with the story because he's like I did not prepare for choice C I prepared for A and B so yeah the DM really has to be a little bit more on the flexible side so and then I found like that's true with Ayla especially so like we've said multiple times already like or at least I've said it I don't think two bit actually believes it Ayla was never meant to be a sassy character Ever. She was not meant to be sassy at all. I think it just kind of happened in terms of probably I was just like, I really want to say this and I said it or partially also because of her accent. I think that a lot of characters didn't take her seriously for certain things. So but it for her, I had to find out if I had to figure out a way for it to work because as as Matt has said, the rest of our characters have basically accepted the fact that she is sassy and play off of her as a sassy character. So I have to be able to play off of that. I have to Mm -hmm. accept the fact that she is viewed as a sassy character. And if I don't want her to be viewed as a sassy character at some point i had to figure out a way to get there or i just have to accept it completely and continue on with her sassiness so Mm -hmm. or a mix between the two where she just she starts enjoying the fact that people think she's sassy and starts leaning into that and that might just be part of her character growth but i haven't actually figured that out yet because we haven't gotten to the part where she can go to a different choice so right now she's just viewed as sassy which she is annoyed about because in her mind she's not sassy she's just not taken seriously but sure and some of that rolls over into npc creation as a, as a dm because there's a few characters that i i made and like when prepping it uh, i had not really thought or considered it which I should have because it's you, but then <laughs> we got there and sure enough, without fail, Ayla just full on sasses some of the NPCs, whether intentionally or not. She just wanted to talk. Whether she says it, it all was, the time. She just wants to talk. She's not trying to yeah. be sassy. <laughs> like I said, whether intentional or not, that was <laughs> the delivery. So like in that moment, I was like, well, like in, in a matter of like, fractions of seconds as a dm you're having to think of like what you built this character as creation wise and thinking like all right what would this character react to this as okay i think she's probably just gonna get some sass right back so here we go and then we end up having to go that way just keeps going or or you know you have the 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 vice versa to where it's more complicated which would be like the one where easemark is talking is like where it's like it's it's complex because it's going to be a little bit of both to where you're like you'll have some wordplay with you to where he wants to engage in that but he doesn't find ill intent in it like he yeah. he's still friendly and it he's not being he's not offended by your sass or upset by it he's just going to give you sass right back or can but I don't know I feel like Easemark but for the most part is a it, it hopefully if I portrayed it correctly is, is a very nice person that's not trying yeah, to be I like he's Mark. Yeah, he's not trying to be ill intended 
Yeah. But <laughs> but you want to know a secret about Ayla? <laughs> And like it's not gonna ruin the campaign. It's more about her character creation that I'm, sure. I'm pretty sure I have not shared with you yet. So sure. Ayla was actually meant to be more of an introvert and not talk a lot. But no, you, I just you did tell me this. I did tell you this. Okay, All so right. she was actually supposed to not talk a lot. I was gonna try and make her be the opposite of Azalea, where she just wasn't gonna be the one leading the conversations or anything. She was gonna be the one who spoke two words, one sentence, you know, a couple times, you know, each episode or none at all. But. <laughs> I just kept feeling like there was so much dead space and no one talking or carrying a conversation or moving forward that I just just like, nope, I can't do this. <laughs> so that is why she talks so much. Didn't take long at all. No, it did not. I couldn't nope. take the silence. <laughs> Which is funny because like that. So and, and it's, it's perfectly fine with that and I, and I think that was an inevitability for you because i tr- try as you might i just don't think that would have worked <laughs> oh come on i could have done it i could have been the very soft-spoken elf it, the only but- way that would work was you would have to have five other players that are highly social and extroverted so that you would feel like you could fit in that space better otherwise i don't i don't think you <laughs> would yes yeah, so do they, they don't talk as miller will talk a good amount but i don't they think all, anyone else this character is prone to i think talking they all, and leading the conversation i think they all talk plenty they just don't talk as much as what you have in your head for like what like ayla will do now like yeah, it's, ayla, that, that's ayla like will continue on the conversation it's more like well, yeah version. i think for me i have too many questions and mm-hmm. want and for myself i have too many yeah. things to say and try to and then I want to get out of other people. And so when I don't see people asking the questions that I think are reasonable to be asked, then yeah, I'm just going to have to ask them. Mm-hmm. So that's, that, that goes to, you know, other people that are creating characters or, or, or dealing with it. Like you don't, silence is not a bad thing. At all times. And that's nothing against anything SJ just said or even what she chose to do. But like, because sometimes it's good to feel that silence. But that can that can also be a tool for uh, role-playing or how to make a moment have more or less impact. It's like silence is just as much of a tool you should use when role-playing or acting as much as talking is. Right. That inc- that includes pauses and knowing like when to pause and how long to pause, and a lot of things like that. That that's a neat thing to think about if you never have for any any players that are wanting to try and experiment with certain things of what to do with their characters because it it adds a lot of dynamics to your characters and what they can do. The only difficulty especially when dealing with D and D and an online play is there is oftentimes where silence is met with all the other players as if you did not mean to do that. And it's just open-ended silence. And then they just try to fill the silence, which is kind of what yeah. SJ was talking about. And I've run into that even as a DM a few times towards the, like, I guess we'll call like 
end sequence of episodes where I'm getting ready to just do some sort of cliffhanger to where it's a nice cinematic thing and it'll just trail off. And I, I've lost count of the amount of times where the moment I wanted to do was interrupted by some form of player <laughs> question or their character throwing a question out there mid And it's like, okay, I thought this was seemed obvious that this was like a moment, but apparently not. Yeah. And here we, here we are. Cause I don't, at the same time, I don't want to break the, the fourth wall or, you know, break the, the feel of the moment and be like, all right, guys, this is the end. So don't interrupt here. <laughs> you need to have like the change in music to the ending credit song or something. Uh, this is the same thing. Then, then you know it's happening. Right. You know it's happening. You know that, it's, he's about to end it. That's my point, though. Is like I don't think you always want to be in that headspace. Sometimes you don't want to know that it's. I mean, it's yeah, you no can, good, for us, we can look at the clock and be like, "Nadar's going to have to peace out in a minute," so we probably are ending. Right. I mean that, that that's the best thing we got to work with is probably like just be aware of the time. But like, I don't think there's really an amendment to whatever we've been doing. I think we just got to learn to work with it. Right. It's just one of those things that it is interesting that has happened because uh, I I try to give like dramatic pauses at times just to let the moment feel out and then just, if someone feels that like oh there's there's enough silence for this is my moment here's a question I'm like no nope, yeah. nope this is not the time for questions we're like at three minutes until we have to stop the stream yeah like that's not it's not where that would work but we're getting close to the the end of this lovely podcast episode. But before I gave you some of the final questions, I know I've been asking you a a great deal of questions uh, this episode. So I wanted to see if there was any, you didn't manage to to get out that you wanted to ask. Uh, I don't believe so. I mean, how, uh, since, you know, this curse of straw that we have been playing through has been molded to your own will so it's more of a homebrew with a curse of strahd core um i know you have changed some of the npcs um so how did you go about doing that Mm -hmm. it's a tough one to answer because it's it's let's be specific when you when you say how what are you you looking for why did you decide to change some of them just to fit the story, just because you didn't like how they were written. A little, little bit of all of the above. So there, I, so the first thing I did whenever getting this book was read the, the module front to back three times, I think. You read the whole thing three times? Yes. Which is, I mean, that's what I do when I study stuff, like a repetition, because it, it helps not only, because like, the reality is, especially with D&D modules, is it's not exactly an exhilarating read all the time. Some of it's very mundane. And mind you, like when, when I say read the module, like just I know you haven't looked at it for like you would skip the portions that are just going through statistics. Oh, OK. And stuff, and you, I was going to say this thing is like 243 pages, but that's including the appendixes. And I don't know. If you're yeah. Well, like you don't need the statistics and stuff. I was just reading the the details right. of each area and their characters and like the the world anything that was narrative about the right. book 
so it's kind of like skimming in a way but uh you just you skip the parts that you don't need at the moment and i'll do that multiple times and then i was like okay so i have a grasp on like what the book is what do i want to do with this and then i had several ideas come into play and that's when several other books came into play and then long story short i had this narrative built out of the world that i wanted it to be and some of the npcs in the books as they were just did not i don't know if fit is the right word but they just didn't complement it as well or it just seemed i don't know some of those npcs just seem stale to a certain extent and maybe they're supposed to be i don't know but uh, i feel like some of them needed a little change in direction or just removal of certain traits or additions of certain traits. So there's a big variety of it, but I, I tried to keep things that I I'm not veteran or super comfortable with dealing with. I tried to keep all that in place. So like one of the things the book was very helpful for is the, you know, the, the names of the towns, the, the maps that came with them. I didn't have to create any of that because I got the Curse of Stride map in Roll20, so I don't have to deal with that side of it. I didn't have to create a bunch of NPCs from scratch, per se. I at least had a foundation to work with. I think editing an NPC is a lot easier than creating one just wholeheartedly from scratch. But if you must know, I mean, like, the character, like... uh the the two characters that unfortunately did not survive the the werewolf attack both of those drasha and namir were just not module related at all they were just brand new characters oh you made those had nothing to do with the original christmas strad nope wow man it would have been so cool to actually see them played out more yep now I feel really bad. I felt bad about it before, but now I feel really bad that we didn't get to interact with them a whole lot more. Yep. And they, they had a lot more to potentially offer. Oh. But, you know. That's so frustrating. <laughs> a little bit, but is is what it is. <laughs> it's like, well, that's a weird spot to be in because like as a DM, like I'm technically in control of that situation, but I don't You like wanted to- it to actually play out. With yeah. how we played it out, yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't want to just step in and suddenly like, no, nah, I don't want that to happen, and just steer. And like that's that's the decisions you guys made, and that's the direction it led. So that that's where. Do it you went. think it's always best to let the the players lead, or is there a time when you think it you should actually steer them? You know, the internet is very divided on that question. Yes, but I'm, as- I'm not asking the internet. I'm asking you. Yeah. Me, personally, I think the majority of the time, I would stay out of the way and let you guys do what you're going to do. I, I hint at stuff all the time of, you know, like, maybe that's a bad idea or maybe don't do that. <laughs> Or, you know, sometimes this is as direct as that or an NPC will put like a good example would be you guys have talked about trying to go up the mountain to meet the NPC known as Henrik. And there's several characters now that have said, yeah, you could do that. Not not the best idea at this particular moment. But, yeah, you could do that if you wanted to. 
Because it's being honest. It's like, you know, it's an open world area. Nothing is off limits. But that doesn't come without danger or consequence because that is an area right. that is designed to get there later in the game. Yeah, so, it's not like a video game where you can get hurt and die and go back to last save spot. Nope. So that is one but interesting thing about Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, and yeah, so like this style RPG in general is that there is no do over unless you completely start over. Right. So it's a, you know, it's, it's a important thing to consider at, at times, but I, you know, by and large, I, I stay out of the way whenever I can, but I do not find it taboo or, you know, a, a cardinal sin for a DM to do that. If it's of the benefit of the characters, I guess if you want my a short condensed version, I will never get in the way or make a change at the detriment of the players. The only time I would get in the way or make a change would be at the benefit of the players. And that's it. Okay. So it's to like make I, sure we don't die. Right. Or we all like Ayla way too much to let her die. And to be fair, like it, that might even be like, cause there's moments where like as much as it, no one wants a character to die, cause it's something that they put a lot of time and effort into like character deaths are some of the most impactful, meaningful things that could happen in a campaign. Yeah. That are really well, like some of the greatest, like if you want to reference the, the one D and D group that most anyone ever references, which is critical role. Some of the best moments you can go watch clips or videos from is when one of their characters die. Like it's a, that's wonderful so moment well they because they they embellish on it right like they right. they don't they don't choose to be like frustrated in the moment and then get upset that they're everything they spend on that character is gone they like they stay in the moment and role play it out and everyone feeds on it and it makes for this like beautiful wonderful moment that that's some of like the the biggest cemented memories of like almost any of their campaigns are those type of moments Oh, so, so at the I same, I don't like it though. I spent well, so, way too much time on Ayla. <laughs> I get that. I'm just saying, like, as for your question for the DM of like, right. you know, I have to keep that in mind. Like, I don't, I don't want to rob you guys of that experience either. Yeah, because that's that's a real thing. So I, I have to stay out of the way as much as I can for the most part. There are times where I I may not, but uh, mm -hmm. by and large. I try to stay out of the way and just let let the ship steer wherever it steers. Okay. But I'm I'm not opposed to doing what I have to do if it's for the benefit of the players. But we're pretty close to the end now, so I'm going to go yep. ahead and wrap things up. I'm going to ask you one more additional question, and we're going to say screw calling it lightning round because we both know we talk for hours and hours at this point. So I don't know how long we this answer do. is going to be. If it's short, Two fine. Two hours if, later. If it's short, fine. If it's long, fine. Like, whatever. But final question. <laughs> final question. For, for you, this episode. And I'm going to be nice and say it doesn't have to be one specific moment. But okay. what, what are some of your favorite moments mm. from the current campaign? Does not have to be just your character, like just okay. the entirety of the campaign. 
what have been some of your favorite moments? Well, the the tavern, just like the entirety of the inside, specifically the conversations that we that myself and Millard had with the Vistani. Mm-hmm. That's how you say it. Yes. Okay. Cool. I got it right, guys. Uh, so. So those conversations, uh, my conversation and Miller's conversation with the Vistani, as well as after, I think it was after, uh, my conversation with Millard, specifically talking about a giant throwing a house with Millard inside of it. Um, mm-hmm. And my um, Ayla's conversation, both with um, Zyle and Elbrith at um at the house mm-hmm. so and then uh millard opening the door no matter how frustrated i am at him for doing <laughs> so you know it it was funny because yep. he left the door open first he goes out there and he's like um that's not good and he runs inside and he leaves the door open and just like Ayla knowing him well enough to know that he probably left the door open, just dashes mm-hmm. downstairs to shut it. Which is just funny because that's that's one of the examples of like, you know, some of the jokes without darkness campaign is uh, like I'm a, a mean DM. I was like, man, like that's one of the many examples of where that is very much the opposite because I very well could have allowed something to come through that door. <laughs> and I was like, nope, nope, not, not going to not going to do that. I very much appreciate it. There's you an example, man. I guess, of, of me like semi stepping in. I was like, yeah, nope. Like, would something come through? Probably. But <laughs> no, nothing would have come through because Ayla was quick as a whistle and just ran down as soon as she realized that he probably left the door open. So, yeah. Well, that was like a, you know, we've already talked about this a little bit uh, in previous, whether it's podcasts or just on the stream and the Q&As itself, but that moment in general was not expected. Nope. So that not was an all. example of in the DM chair of having to kind of very quickly is like, okay, that's going to tipple over some dominoes and I've got to figure out very, in a very short amount of time how to handle this and what's going to happen here. So that was just one of those things that was like, well, gosh, what is going to happen here? So part part of also not having anything come through the door was just to give me freaking time to be like, all right, what, what things do I need to prepare here? Because uh, this is about to set some things in motion that I was not expecting to do tonight, but here we are. So by right, a- but we were at the end of the stream anyways. So you just had to, come up with something to finish off that night yeah but still (laughs) you gotta think that's almost even worse because then whatever i do it's like concrete and people are going to be thinking about it until next week true yep so i was like all right here we go so that was that was an interesting moment so so far most of your favorite moments are just more of the narrative conversations of character to character and then with yeah the though miller jumping out of the tree and being like i got you buddy and just slinging the uh the knife yep. that was great which was 
<laughs> not even Jay. That was when it I was. Wasn't, yeah, Jay, Jay wasn't actually Miller. there. You had to. You were playing Millard at the time because Jay had to work. Yeah. Right, that, that was, was so good. An, that was an amusing day. Man, which that, that, that entire night, the roles were just with us, or at least with half the players. It, it was with most of the players that night. I mean, yeah. my gosh, the amount of. And then the following six. week still went w- pretty well too. That was. It was good. Um, that was a funny episode just for the sake and we have this running joke now and the in discord and various other things that one of our players bex who plays elbreth is kind of going to be required <laughs> to get some physical dice now because didn't she use had, physical dice last week she wasn't here last week she oh that's right you were still rolling the dice yeah. she has real dice i think she just was being lazy she, and wouldn't go get them yeah so say like we okay, made the joke. So like, yeah, you now no it's like you allowed. have to have your dice. <laughs> you are no longer allowed to use digital dice because they keep causing Elbert to either miss or just not do jack squat of damage or whatever it is. And like the one time that I have, or the two two weeks that I have to play her characters, she was just a baller of a yeah, character. Yeah, it was and good. Was hitting things left and right. So it was yeah. just but really like, funny. I, that's probably the whole thing with the online dice is that they are. They're designed to not give very good rolls, so you will go and buy real dice. That's probably that's probably the problem. Is that I don't know if there's they're, truth they're to designed that. that way. They're designed to give you fails. <laughs> I, I, let's 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 not feed into SJ's conspiracy theory on what? Why not? On, on that. Uh, okay. Anyways, so, it's time for us to go. Yeah, I, I think that's a good enough of. And answers. So that was going to wrap up this week's episode as we kind of discuss character creation and a few other things related to the campaign and had a good time talking some nerd stuff out. But we appreciate all of you that show up to listen to this crazy thing as we continue on through our campaign as, you know, the Curse of Strahd homebrew module. And we will have more and more of these episodes as we traverse through that and if you guys have any sort of suggestions or questions that you would like to actually insert in some of these you can either show up at the actual twitch page itself or any of our socials or discord or any of the ways you have available to you to communicate to us and throw some of those ideas out there and we would be more than happy to at least attempt to entertain them and possibly you know somehow throw them in here so yes if you have any ideas like that, just let it be known that we will be more than happy to hear you out and maybe even talk about them in a podcast episode. But that's going to be it for today. So thank you guys so much for listening. And until next week, um, go have some fun. Go play some D&D. Look forward may to... May the dice roll forever in your favor. May they roll forever in your favor. And we look forward to talking some more on the next episode. So until the next time.